Welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Jude, and today we have a guest with us. We Trey is actually gone. It's his turn. And our guest today is the wonderful physicist TJ from Shop Dog Woodworking. How you doing, TJ? I'm good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, well, I had to go with physicists because we've talked about it. You were all over that last episode where we talked about multiverse and just kept referencing you, referencing you. Uh, Then, of course, all your woodworking and art, the time beavers you've done for us, the the, um, Loki Pompeii art, fantastic stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I, I will let the record show that physicist is definitely a stretch. I am a high school <laughs> physics teacher, but <laughs> I am happy to lend my opinions on things. You are far closer to a physicist than I am. so Okay, I'll take it. So yeah, so we'll, we'll go with that. It's been almost a year since you've been on. It's been a long time. It was Loki, I, I gotta say Loki episode three, maybe. Yeah. With everything that's come out since then, what has been your favorite? The way they ended Loki, I really, really loved but I have to say, despite what you hate so much, I am a big fan of Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching it in theater, that was probably the first time back in a theater in years for me. And so yeah. seeing it with a crowd, people's emotions, just being loud in the theater was such a great experience. But then also bringing back the old Spideys. And seeing the old villains, it was, it was quite, it was just such a good experience because Spider-Man was outside of X-Men. Spider-Man was, I think the thing that hooked me to Marvel back in 2001. So, so getting to see that movie and I know your strong feelings about how it ended, but yeah, I um, like the movie. It's just the ending. I, I just, I hated that choice. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, that, like in the last year, that's, that's hands down my favorite. Yeah. All right. How are you enjoying Moon Knight? Love it. It's yeah. great. I don't know what to expect. I don't, I can't predict anything that's coming. And, um, it's just, it's such a unique spin on things. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. What you mentioned Spider-Man in there. If I remember right, you weren't a big comic reader growing up. Right. So this is completely new in terms because Moon Knight's never really been na- mainstream. Right. Yeah. So out anything that wasn't, let's say, Batman animated series, animated X Men, that that was my, I guess, exposure to superheroes growing up would be mm-hmm. watching anything animated, but I never had a comic book, and so I knew mm-hmm. the characters. And so still, when, when the first X-Men movie came out, it was still exciting for me because it was, I, I know Wolverine. Yeah. I watched this when I was little. And so that, that I'd say was my, my, the extent of my exposure to comic books or to comic book characters as a kid. Moon Knight, I had no idea he existed because mm-hmm. back then, I mean, for all I knew, Ninja Turtles could have been a part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> And I would have been happy with it. They wanted it to. Well, I mean, the creators, they had a, that Easter egg to Daredevil. Same news. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's, it's in my head canon that they're, that they're right there together. They may as well be. 
at least the 90s version. I know that the more recent renditions might not be the same. So Trey's not here. As I mentioned, he had you know some things to do. On our original outline, one of the things there is because I missed last week was uh, specifically for me to say you know what I thought of episode two. But I'm going to start with you. What are, what are your how about what are your thoughts specifically of the first two episodes, episode two, and maybe a pre spoiler thought for episode three? Yeah. Um, so really, that's when when I said this this shows for me is unpredictable. It's all over the place. I'm not familiar with Moon Knight as a character, and so starting off with, I mean, our first view of Arthur Harrow gave me vibes of the albino monk from da vinci mm-hmm. code yeah and and now we're dealing with a character who can't remember big chunks of his life that's that's kind of why i mentioned jason Bourne on the on the instagram uh I, yeah it's, the branch it's civilians this, yeah it's this <laughs> <laughs> it's this different spin that we haven't seen in a superhero character yet in the mcu where it's it, it's a mystery and we're just getting little bits at a time of what, what is going on and, and this conflicting character of, well, I have this skill set, and mm-hmm. I have this kind of muddy past, but I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be interested to hear your take on that just because I know memory was a big part of your, your views on Spider-Man, but we have a character here who it's really, it's different characters. It's, right. it's I, completely different people. I have no recollection of what has happened for three days. So I was no part of that. And mm-hmm. and so that's, that's been really fun for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting for me, uh, as I mentioned, and you, we talked about this briefly at work with that whole uh, multiverse episode and it kind of went on this tangent, I guess, about memory and, and my proof of existence of God and, and, and those things. With something like this, I find it really interesting because I always find it fascinating. And this is where my terrible but genuine interest in like physics and quantum mechanics comes in is this, uh, the, this philosophical mind-body. You know, are we more what are we is are we this body are we the mind is it both you know and what is the soul and with a character like this or even people i'd say that that experience the did when they're completely different people right in some ways i want to say well yeah it, it kind of supports this idea of like they're not there they're not they don't quote unquote exist because they don't have that memory it's like this gap because like Mark, and just to stick with the show, Mark doesn't have Stephen's memories, and vice versa, and and it's very real to them. And so it's it's really hard to. Well, I have a thought that I'm going to pause here and bring it out in the when we deep dive in. Okay. But it is one of those things where, you know, I I do find that really fascinating because, you know, well, and part of it with the, for me, the theology and the Catholicism, that that I have behind that in this whole uniqueness of the individual. And that's where, again, the quantum mechanics of like multiple universes, can there be multiple me's or are they uniquely different me's and not really me in that sense. Whereas this again, to me is just fascinating. Cause like, again, that memory 
he's not there. It just, it doesn't exist, but the body's still there. And, and I find that fascinating. Right. So because Stephen doesn't have the memories of Mark, he, he doesn't carry the guilt with him. Right. And he doesn't, he, so he's in a completely different place. To me, it feels like, you know, Marvel's given us so many great duos where you have Captain America, the perfect altruistic, and then you have Bucky, who's so conflicted. And, and it's that dynamic back and forth. Or maybe it's more like a, like a rocket and a Groot because Steven is just so innocent and nice that he's like Groot where you have a rocket who's kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to do good things, but is it for the right reasons? But in this case, it's in the same body. It's, uh, it's all these mm -hmm. characters who are interacting with each other through the same person in a, in a way. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like at the end of episode two, um, at the very end, and Steven was the one in the glass and is like, oh, is this what this is like? And he's like, yeah, you get used to it. And he's talking about, you've ruined my life. And so he's, and he's clearly having a conversation with somebody else, but in recognition of like, no, that's my body. And I haven't been able to go out on dates. I haven't been able to do these things. And it's your fault. Um, which is <laughs> crazy to think about. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I have to look it up because I, I don't remember what it was, but I think in, in researching the role, Oscar Isaac, um, and I spoke, I think spoke to some people and read a book of an account of somebody, uh, with the dissociative identity disorder, um, to try to make, to, that was doing, that was being honest, right. And, and authentic to that experience. Um, and, and so I, I'd love to see which book that was and kind of go through that as well. Yeah, it's it's really it's really interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, if you downloaded this episode, you know you came to hear us talk about season one, episode three of Moon Knight, titled "The Friendly Type." We are going to dive in, but before we do, we will have our spoiler zone. We'll run a spoiler sound, and on the other side of that cue. Um, we will have all spoilers uh, for Moon Knight Episode 3. So we'll see you on the other side. And we're back. All right. So as always, we break this down to the most important topics. Uh, tonight, or for this episode, we have Meeting of the Eonid, Layla's Contact, Reluctant Bonding, the outcast defiance. Um, so beginning with the first topic, we are going to try and take a look at this section specifically on Conchu being questioned by the other gods, the eventual accusation of Harrow's crimes, and essentially this meeting with the Enid, um, and or the gods. So TJ, the floor is yours. What did you think of this part of the, the show? I think what surprised me the most was everybody went in to this episode. We, we saw the ending of episode two with Mark in Cairo, and we were ready to hear Mark's story. And I feel like this episode gave us so much more on Kanchu and Layla mm -hmm. than it did on Mark. 
So, yeah. so we still don't know that much about Mark, where he, like where he came from, where he ends and Stephen begins. But going into the pyramid and kind of seeing other avatars interacting with each other uh, gave us kind of an insight on one, I guess, Kanshu's past relationships through was it Hathor, Hathor's avatar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, uh, I guess, a better idea of what Conchu's motives are through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It seems like, especially in the meeting itself, like when Mark is meeting the Avatar for, oh, the other guy, was it the Hathor? He's Hathor, like, hey, yeah. Does, yeah, does, has Conchu mentioned me? And no, and that's surprising. And the numbers you can tell kind of hurt. Um <laughs> Well, it, it's, it felt like a, a a past relationship, like a love yeah. interest. Yes. She's like, we're, we, mm, they were old friends. Mm-hmm. He used oh, to yeah. enjoy Hathor's melodies. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, and, and, it, and it made me wonder as well, on, on top of that, was that Harrow at the time? If Harrow, you know, Harrow being the previous avatar for Kanshu. Yeah. You know, if a lot of that kind of went through them. Also, I didn't realize until this episode who was voicing Conchu, F. Murray Abram or Abraham. Right. Yeah, it said, it said it in the credits at the end. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I guess I didn't catch it in the in the other episodes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. That's such a big name. He's doing such a good job. You know, I mean, like, like the, the Conchu in this episode, and especially in that meeting, to me felt like an actual character, not just the disembodied voice. Right, and it makes me wonder if this past between Kanshu and Hathor, whatever it was, if that's a parallel of sort of what Mark and Layla are going through. Mm-hmm. We're both warriors. We're both kind of fighting for for what we see as good, and and whatever conflict that ended for those two is that going to be what Mark and Layla face here in the next two or three episodes? Mm-hmm. You said that, and the first thing that came to mind was um, Baron and Lucen. I assume you were familiar with Tolkien? Surface level. Surface level, okay. Baron and Luthen is this um, novel. Well, I think it's, it was published recently, like 2017, but oh, okay. you could read about them in, in other places. But essentially, Baron and Luthen, as I understand it, is... Tolkien and his wife. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, and, and if you go to their, their, their gravestones for Edith, his wife and, and Tolkien that it has Baird and Luthen there. So very much that popped in my head because it was just the way he but, wrote it. That was them. Well, so Khonshu is listed as the God of the moon, obviously, mm-hmm. but also the God of vengeance. So, Obviously, he has very strong feelings. You see him in this trial where he is trying to get Arthur Harrow, whatever, like shut down. And he is very passionate about, no, no, like, yes, I know some of my methods are not the best, but this guy is worse. And what Mm -hmm. he is fighting so strongly for is there's got to be something. And I... That's that's where I'm like, is, is there this parallel? Like, I, I don't want to go the grain of sand route or make anything too bold of a prediction. 
but my thought is is sort of mark is this conflicted warrior at least now we we've seen more than we did the first two episodes is this going to be something where by the end he has to face a really tough decision in in order to save layla and i think that's kind of what it's building up to yeah. is this thing that yeah he's the avatar but I think Conchu's warnings and Conchu's frustration are that, oh, that's, I've seen this before. This has happened before. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so two, two things come to mind. I'm wondering to what extent, because Amit, we get from this, you know, season of the future. I wonder to what extent the other gods and Conchu says. And if there is this permission, maybe, Mark has to give Conchu to use Layla as an avatar. Like, whereas like Conchu knows something's going to happen. And part right. of, of taking Layla as the avatar is a protection thing. And Mark needs to, to realize it's not going to be a, it's not gonna be a smooth pass of the baton. Probably. No. Right. Right. Also in that, in that whole situation, it seemed weird to me that two things that a felt like the other gods, aside from Hathor were actually siding with Haro because they didn't seem too interested in well, he in, already in really, in really figuring out what was going on. Right. right? And then, yeah. you know, so I feel like something else was going on. Something was up. It's like the kid. It's like the kid who gets in trouble and the teacher's like, Oh, here we go again. And the kid's like, no, hear me out. Wait. And the teacher's like, no, we've been through this, man. So, yeah, I don't know if they were siding with Arthur as much as they were just, we are so over you, Khonshu. Stop Mm -hmm. wasting our time. Mm -hmm. Maybe so. I guess guess because that relationship that they kind of hinted at prior to. Sure. um, And when she pulled pulled him aside and said, hey, there's other ways to do this. I think that's part of why I took it as, no, some of these other gods are in on it. Yeah could be they seem really mean yeah maybe that's what they want you to think dude hey you know what we got as you know from loki all the other stuff uh wandavision especially like when mephisto shows up here at the end and starts throwing trucks at moon knight and moon knight's having to catch him and use the cape catch him left and right yeah right (laughs) (laughs) knock him to the side (laughs) <laughs> Let's just see how many times we can talk about catching trucks while Trey's not here. <laughs> you know, speaking of, what if there were trucks falling? No, he has to do it. He's got to catch him to save the people. That's right. You know what's going to happen, right? That's how Mark Spector is going to like destroy the little Conchu stone to free Conchu. He's going to drive this truck? Like truck like oh. up to the top of the pyramid and it's going to come <laughs> crashing down from the center and land right on top. Oh gosh. The truck finally fulfills its destiny. It does. <laughs> it does. You know, but because Conchu like it's, it's broken, like Conchu gets up and throws the truck off to the side. So that's, that would be perfect. It would be. That's that would be perfect. Everyone would love that tray. <laughs> Everyone, Trey. <laughs> Everyone. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that came up from that trial was Amit and Kanshu are trying to intervene. They're trying to be a part of the process. Both have their ideas of what can save humanity. And so at least they're claiming that they're doing it for the best interest of the people. Whereas the other gods said, we, we've decided that we are not mediators anymore, that mm-hmm. we don't interfere. And so Kanchu just straight up says, what, I, I did not abandon humanity. And so it's kind of the, the setup from episode two to now we're, we're seeing it with the whole group together of, yeah, Amit, Amit's the one who's trying to essentially weed out the bad before any bad happens. But the God of vengeance, Kanchu is the one who does it after the fact. And so that's, that's really the battle. And that, that became very clear in front of that council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, that was one of the things I really found interesting, um, and we see it a lot, just this idea or worldview that gods only observe. And I don't know, I just find that really interesting of just, because you come off the Eternals, you know, and they have the the godlike attributes or power, considering, right. and it's like, but we're just going to sit back and observe. You know, and I get what it's about uh, in terms of like, I guess we have to as humans have a role to play. <laughs> I don't know. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, so who do you think, I, I, th- I think I know, have a good idea who I think it was. Who do you think was in control when Harrow was talking about the avatar being unwell or Conchu's choice for avatar being unwell, you know, not knowing who he was and he, and he went to throw a punch and they stopped him. Mm-hmm. Was that Conchu in control, do you think? Or do you, like, I know who I think it is. I think it was Mark. Like, I think Mark was, like, oh, kind of fighting Oh, going after through. Arthur? Yeah. Like, like I, I, I feel like remember. that, like, they kind of... Because the well, guy on the end clearly made a hand gesture to take yeah. away Conchu and let Mark speak, but I can't remember. Right. And that, was and that was before. No, that was before. That was before they let Mark speak. Right. Where he so threw then the it punch was Kanshu in control, stopped. right? I don't know because they flip flopped too. Like Mark walked all the way up there, yeah, and and it seemed like he was overtaken every time he spoke. Every time he spoke, yeah. But every time he was overtaken, it was very dramatic. It was very loud, and so mm-hmm. it was very Kanshu to throw a punch in that situation. Right, but see, it felt very. Mark, but in episode me, two, I guess in this room are, are the rules of episode two not applying where the most he can do is it's just a nice little breeze without his avatar. You know what fair. I mean? No, 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 I know what you mean. That's fair. Are the rules off in this room? Because we can't even see any of them in this room. Any That's of the how gods. I took it. That's how I took it. That in this yeah, room. Yeah, it's got to be Mark. They were. Yeah. So in and just for the way he was his responding, you know. Yeah. But see I took it as as the way you said it, the rules were off and the avatar or the, the gods were talking through the people. Sure. But I felt like Mark was able to break through there. So how about this? Did there were only five gods, I guess, holding this trial. 
mm-hmm. you count Mark and Arthur in the room, avatars on behalf of their gods. Are there other gods who are also banished? And does that play a part in this story? I think so. Or do they only need to reach a quorum? Oh, we have five. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got the sense that there were some gods banished. And see, that's why I think some of them are on Harrow's side. Yeah. Because if you think they're they're hiding in the cult, they're a part of the team. Well, because like it's one of those like if they can free Amit, right? Yeah. Then other gods could be freed as well. Sure. And that's what Khonshu's intervening for. So he's trying to convince the others that standing by and watching, very Eternals esque, mm-hmm. is not the right way to proceed. Right. Right. He is not in favor of killing children. Khonshu wants to wait for children to grow up and be murderers themselves. Except for that one part. I thought he would talk. <laughs> I thought he would talk. <laughs> he seemed pretty okay with that. Oh, sorry. I know, right? I, started, I was pretty sure he would talk. Right? <laughs> Mark did not want to do that. No, he didn't. He didn't. He did not at all. It sounds like we're coming to the end of the meeting. Not that we can't jump back, but let's move on to topic two, Layla's contact. In this section, we'll talk about or discuss the opening scene with Layla, as well as her reuniting with Mark in Egypt through the meeting with the artifact collector. Uh, starting with me this time, uh, just to continue the back and forth. Uh, I know I, I texted with Trey earlier, and one of his first things was he felt like they were missing something. Like it, it felt awkward to him to drop in um, at the very, very beginning. Like we were just like, there was some weird editing choices and that should have been part of an episode episode. Um, Where that started with the passport. Right. For me though, I thought, I felt like Layla was talking to someone super familiar. Yes. Um, and I wasn't sure if that was either her mom or her mother-in-law. Right. She definitely knew Layla's father. Mm-hmm. I, I, we don't find out till later in the episode that he was murdered. Right. Right. So we, we, at that point, we don't really know what it is that he did. Assuming he's either an antiquities dealer or maybe, what do you think? Do you think he was an avatar at some point? He, you know what? That makes sense. She was very comfortable. This was one of my thoughts in episode two. Is she comes in to the room like divorce papers, just what is going on? Where have you been? Mm-hmm. And then next thing we know, they're getting chased. The ground is opening up. Things are going crazy. And she's just like, yeah, yeah, this is. Been there, done that. Yeah, this, no, this, let me pick up something and try and hit this invisible dog. Like she seemed very comfortable with the situation as yeah. if. She's either been around Mark while he has been Moon Knight before, which Mm -hmm. would make sense, or was she raised in an environment where that was the case? I'm going to say she was raised in an environment where that was the case. Because that was one of the other things I was... Why would she have as a character 
you know, as a person that interest in the antiquities and the Egyptian artifacts. And why would Khonshu find Layla to be a, a good avatar? For that reason, I say she'd have to be familiar with it somehow beyond just Mark. Well, and she was, she also had the, what's, sorry, I'm blanking on the word. The thing The that, scabbard. The scabbard? I don't think so. Scabbard's what a sword goes in. Scarab. Scarab. Scabbard. Scarab. <laughs> It's an emphasis in where the where I pronunciate. It was it was close. It was just it was like it was like getting it wrong on Wordle. It's like right almost there, but not quite. She she's the one. I can't remember when it came up. If it was when they were with the dealer, or it was when her. I mean, she she has the makings of a superhero, right? I get mm-hmm. why Kanchu likes her as a replacement. Yeah. She literally has a quote. Well, not literally. She has a quote unquote guy in the chair at the start of this episode. She had the scarab. Mm-hmm. Somehow Mark ended up with it and hid it in Mark slash Steven's apartment. But I mean, that's, that's a high level something to just be an antiquities dealer and to be like, Oh, look what we found versus, Oh no, this is something that needs to be hidden. Not flaunted around like Anton does. Yeah. And she, go back to episode two, clearly felt comfortable handling herself. No, this is a, a really important piece. She had to have known that. When she pulled it out of the bag, we've been looking for this and you have it. And, and then she just walks right into Harrow's place and with it. Hey, I got it. Yeah, you know? that was bold. That was yeah. a bold move. She, she thought Moon Knight was coming to the rescue at that moment. Yeah. Um, but then she, you know, fended for herself and the same thing, willing to go back to Cairo when she clearly wasn't, I'm going to say wasn't safe. And maybe clearly is not the best word. I'm not quite sure if we have enough information as to why she couldn't return. If it was legal reasons or illegal reasons. Yeah, I, I did think it was interesting. She went through all that effort to make a passport and didn't even change her name. Her passport said Layla. Mm-hmm. So yeah. going through the airport, they're like, mm, yeah, so must be a different Layla. Yeah. Well, it, probably seriously not worried about right. the Egyptian government and more worried about the underworld. Correct. Yeah. She is very well connected. Another reason Kanshu might like her. She knows people. I thought it was pretty funny that Stephen rocked, or not Stephen, Mark rocked the perfect Marvel superhero disguise <laughs> that all the superheroes do. The cap. Put on a baseball cap. Yeah. Just put on a baseball cap. You can walk through public. You can hey. walk through a crowd. Hey, that's why I own so many. And then she just walked right up to him. Like, hey, there you are. Yeah, I guess it didn't work as well as it did for Steve Rogers or Bucky Barnes. Yeah, or Sam, you know. He only had the hat. He didn't have a jacket, too. That's what did him in. Sunglasses. The, the sunglasses. He it's, needed it's, aviators. It's You know, it's the Ray-Ban aviators and the hat. You know, we're missing Not that. Not sponsored. Um, which makes you wonder how good of a mercenary is Mark. 
you know, didn't know to have the aviators, you know, he's jumping rooftop to rooftop, I'd say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I was going to say on that where you're right. Layla has the contacts. It doesn't seem like for all the adventures they talked about in, in episode two, they had together. And this, it, it still seemed like Mark was really out of his element here in Egypt. And, Mark does not know a lot. And he relies heavily on her. Yeah. And was that the motive behind their, their marriage? Is I'm, I'm the muscle and you're the one who actually knows things because he was suppressing Steven for a long time. It seems. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's going to, now we're just going to have to wait and see how much does Layla actually not know. Right. You know, at, at that point. True. Yeah. So, yeah. So another part that I found, well, a that I found really interesting in terms of getting to know the two of them is later in the show. Um, you have the boat ride meeting with Anton, but, and this was just, I thought was just really neat. Um, when she introduced him as her husband, the name was Rufina Estrada and Estrada is Oscar Isaac's last name uh, that he gets um, from his mom. Shout out. Yeah. So that one, I just, it just immediately popped out and I was just like, Oh, Okay. Um, and I do want, I, I'm sure as a producer, executive producer, that was probably definitely something that he made sure happened. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, great. yeah. So yeah, like you mentioned the boat ride. Um, it was, it was so weird because it was parts of this in that boat ride where it felt like Mark was missing that time of them together. Where and then later in the car, she was like, "Every time I, I feel like I know you. We learn something else, and I don't know who you are." And then he very much tried to felt like he tried to distance himself. It was like, "No, you don't." Right. And he's, yeah, he he's pushing her away because he thinks he needs to to protect her, mm-hmm. and that's his conflict is. I mean, he was trying to, he was pleading with Steven in the earlier episodes, like, no, she's got to be out of this. She's got to be safe. He loves her. He he definitely cares about her. But at the same time, man, she, she ripped that necklace off and stabbed a dude. She seems pretty capable. <sighs> oh no, she's a hundred. And that's the thing. She's a hundred percent capable. You know, my note right there, Layla can fight all exclamation yeah. points about four or five Goodness. of them. Oh yeah. yeah. But then she has the other side where on the boat, she's like, why didn't you tell me about Steven? I could have helped you with that. Mm-hmm. So, so clearly she's not reading it as, Oh, he's pushing me away because he's trying to protect me. She's reading it as he's pushing me away because of this secret. And are there more secrets? Like what else do we not know about him? And, and so she's, she's, trying to keep that alive she's she's trying to uh, i don't know if, i don't know if i'm saying that right no no no. i think you, i think you are like like i mean that's 
her husband was like, you know, married. This is what we do. You tell me these things. We work through them together. Um, but I don't know. I mean, if Mark sees Steven as a weakness and he feels like he suppressed that, that's definitely something he doesn't probably want to bring up again. Right. Um, and it's clearly, I don't, well, you can't say getting to know Steven's getting to know a different side of Mark. Cause it's a completely different, it's a different character. Yeah. It's, and, it's a different person. And so th- there's elements of the things. I feel like there's elements of where the things that Layla's learning kind of air quotes, learning around about Mark, Mark himself isn't fully aware of because it's Steven and Steven's memories and, you know, Steven's actions. God, that's, that's, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around what that would be like to be like, cause, cause I would, I would have to imagine like, say if I had another personality like that or not personality, but identity, I wouldn't, unless they start talking to me in the mirror, I guess. And that could be just the visual thing. Like, I don't know what the, what, what people who really experience that, I have no idea. Maybe like Trey's fear of assimilation, but <laughs> truly all in your head. It is a simulation. It you is. wake up tomorrow and you're Steven. What do you do? Well, I I go to the gift shop and continue trying to be a tour guide. <laughs> After being attacked, I would go do inventory late into the night. Mm-hmm. Just show up and do my job. No big deal. He he seems to be growing fond of Layla as yes. well. Yes. I mean, I I never would divorce you, but now even further, just he's had his fair share of interactions with her because he's the mega. Egyptology geek. He mm-hmm. he is loving this, and he's seeing firsthand. Like, oh, she knows her stuff. She, ooh, she's oh yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that I keep thinking of when I when I see them interact with, with the three of them. To put it that way, my head was trying to think, get around, like thinking about like Smart Hulk, but that's not quite right either no you know um because there's not really a a melding there i mean it was clearly it's still a back and forth yeah it's still very different it's okay my the other person who occupies this body was married to you right you're a lovely person i have no memories of any of that it's back to jason Bourne examples Mm -hmm. wait you're telling me what yeah. We're still not going to ever have the same relationship because I have no recollection of any of these memories that you have. So it's it's to Steven when the flip when the switch flips, it's a, it's a whole different relationship. Yeah. They're new people or I guess yeah. new acquaintances. Well, you know what? And they, and you think about it the amount of trust that Steven has in Layla. Yeah. I mean, cause she's proven herself pretty well in the episodes two and three. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, so I'm, I'm imagining like Steven gets through the mirror in this episode 
glimpses, right? So like Steven and, you know, Layla's, Hey, let Steven out, let Steven out. And you're going to, they're going to do the thing at the sarcophagus. They have that, that conversation. But then later when Steven, when Mark really decides, okay, we need Steven to do this. I imagine Steven just shows up. Like he doesn't really have a full awareness of how he got from point A to point B. And it's just like, all right, I'm, I'm here in the desert now with, with these shards of things and I'm just going to do this. <laughs> I, I've had the same thought. I was kind of saving that for the next section. If you want to move on. Okay. So let's do that. The next section is this reluctant bonding. Uh, we're going to use this section to continue this discussion on uh, Mark and Steven and this vying for control. And from the opening where they start uh, chasing Harrow's henchmen, um, deciphering the uh, sarcophagus and fighting the collectors, as well as the end where they start, I don't want to say getting along, but they start re- understanding kind of a back and forth. TJ, go ahead and. Yeah, no, no. I want. I just wanted to continue the point you were just making. Is it's very. I, I guess the one question in my head is, what is it like when they are in this liminal space, mm-hmm. when they are shifted out? Because as Mark is walking into the Great Pyramid, you hear Stephen in the reflection saying, mm-hmm. "I can't believe this. This is yeah. amazing." But if there are no reflective surfaces around, can Steven observe what's happening? He's got to, right? Because was... here's, here's, here's the question I've had since episode one, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Up until episode one events, where Steven just thinks, I have these crazy dreams, and so nighttime's not a good time for me. But he has no awareness that mark exists right he and who knows how far back he can even remember right is it like being in a dream where you're just there and it's like i don't really remember how i got here but i think i have a mom and i'm just going to keep calling her every day mm-hmm. and i definitely know i have this job but i don't rem- like i don't sit here right now on this podcast i'm not thinking of my childhood memories right so is who's the dominant personality? I don't know much about this condition. Mm-hmm. And I know Oscar Isaac's even gone on the record with Marvel saying, uh, we, there, we are not representing this completely accurately as it exists in the real world. Right. But for Steven to be going through his time up until the end of episode one, not even knowing that Mark is a thing, Right. How does now change things that he has just been there watching these fights? And not even that, when they're fighting on the rooftop, he did a power move. He was in he was in the liminal space and he was the one who powered himself into the mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, so, well that was the thing I found interesting about this episode is we have Mark and he blinks out and it's Steven and he comes back and doesn't know what happened the way Steven had in that first episode. And so Mark is getting a taste of what Steven experienced in that first episode. 
Right. And to go over what you're saying, it's like at the end of episode one and he's on the phone with Layla, Steven. And she says, I've been trying to get you for three months. So that's Steven of that's three months of Steven and no Mark or well, probably some of those blink out things, right? Cause he was tying himself to the bed and those types of things. Sure. But Mark and Layla built a life together. Right. So what was well, the time and- gap for Steven from there to, to, to these right. three months? Well, on the boat, Mark says to Layla, I had it under control until very recently. When she asked, why didn't you tell me about this? He's like, I had it under control. So I'm assuming that's a long stretch of time Mm -hmm. where they got married. They fought their battles in Egypt. They went on their adventures. And then it got to a point where somehow Stephen took over. And... Steven could just go about his day without having any idea. Yeah. But maybe Mark was observing silently through mirrors. I don't know. But the other interesting thing is when the third personality, mystery man, Mr. Violent pops up, Mm -hmm. neither of them are forming memories. Neither of them can observe when third personality takes over. Right. Because they he both comes thought back, it was each other. He Mark comes back and is like, Stephen, what did you do? And he's like, What are you talking about? I don't stab people. What did you do? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was crazy. There. Well, and I'm I'm actually I'm convinced that we start next episode. And maybe start is too strong, but that because it leaves off and she's like, Steven, Mark trying to neither one of them is going to, who's awake, going to wake up. And so in episode one, when Harrow's minions get brutally murdered mm-hmm. and Steven, it does the like eye roll and does not remember the before and the after. Right. Was that Mark Spector or was this mystery man number three? The reason I ask this question is, is this part of Mark's character development where he was just conscious like, yes, sir, warrior, I'll do whatever it takes. And now he's starting to have this conflict where he hits the kid open handed instead right. of punching he stopped. him. Yeah. And he does not want to throw this kid off the cliff. And so Mark is now like, even with the knife where Steven goes, don't do it. Don't yeah. stab him. He pauses and then he gets hit in the head. Mm-hmm. So was Mark like that before Steven? Or was it this third personality? Yeah. Well, was Mark always like this? It, well, it's either a third personality. We know there's a third personality. We know. Man. But but you know, what I was gonna say is in terms of Mark, I mean, it's easy to 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 buy in that he was because he was a mercenary, right? And when but was he a conflicted mercenary? Or was you he know like, what? I'm gonna mm-hmm. I want to I need to rewatch episode two now because that completely changes that scene 
where Steven's in the back of the cab or the police car. And he says, Mark Spector did this and had those execution style murders. Yeah. And we see a reflection. Was that Mark being sad or were we actually seeing Steven himself reflection? Like, uh, like Mark, this guilt and like, I didn't do this. It was Steven in the car. Yeah. It pans to Mark's reflection and he looks pretty like, I don't know. He looks pretty upset about it. Like, yeah. yeah. He doesn't look surprised. Like I did what? <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, and, and I only go to that. Cause again, to do something like that, the, the execution style very brutally, um, was that Mark or was that that mystery personality? There's got to be blood on both their hands. Maybe at that point he doesn't even realize. He's like, yeah, it might have been me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So how many do you think we're going to see? Three, four? How many personalities? Yeah, how many identities, personalities? I, identities is yeah. I, I'm the not sure word for it. Yeah, I feel like by the end we're gonna get four. I think all of the listeners who grew up on this comic are are just shouting at their speakers right now. But yeah, I'm gonna go with three. You go with three. We're halfway through. Ah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, like I've them, because you know how these shows work. You know the next one is going to start to build, but not really introduce a whole lot of new. And then episode five is going to set up some crazy finale. And then they got you and Trey upset about something. (laughs) You're not wrong. I'm not going to. I mean, the finales are hard to land, especially with this being a limited series, and this is it. But they spent three episodes teasing this third personality. Mm -hmm. I don't think episodes four and five are going to be like, by the way, yeah, there's actually a whole army of them. Well, and I know, I know there's a name like from comic readers, you know, um, from those who, and again, I didn't read Moon Knight growing up. Uh, Sean from work did. He is loving this. Is that friend Sean? Yes. Friend Sean. No. Coworker Sean. I only say that because you have friend Daniel and you have family Daniel and all the rest of us are just our names. I get it. Friend Daniel. He's a friend. (laughs) And then you got TJ and Tara and everyone else is just a name. Why can't we all be friends, Jude? Yeah. I'm got, just kidding. I got, I'm just I got, kidding. It's coworker got, Sean. No, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. Know your place, coworker Sean, if you're even listening. Yeah, Sean. Um, <laughs> but there is there is a third name. Um, Correct. Do I say it? Do you want me to say it? Do we care? Why not? All right. There's a Jake, third name, Jake. Jake Lockley. We've, we've heard of Jake. If you have social media, you've probably yeah, seen Jake. Probably a thing. Heard, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's what I'm, what I'm We're thinking. In the spoiler zone. Spoiler. Jake lives but, inside of them. But my, and I guess for, part of why I'm going for is I just, it just seems like 
the Marvel thing to do. Yeah. Like that's kind of going to be this in tag. So do you think this third violent one is Jake or is I, I the fourth so. one? No, no, no. Okay. I think so. I think so. But I, th- I think there's, and to me, that's again, I don't know the comic as well as others, but I feel like that's what, um, the MCU does well is to follow the comic, but then make appropriate adaptations. And right. so that's why this character just seems like they're going to drop us with a fourth in, in some way. Uh, but I do agree with you in terms of the episode and story structure where, um, and that's why I'd say when we start next episode, I don't think Mark or Steven is going to show up right away. Okay. I could see it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the last shot. Where, where do we end? So we end the last shot of the show was where Harrow was talking to the Conchu statue. Right. His sin was okay. Enjoying. But the last we saw of right, right, right. Mark Steven was when he was knocked out. Right. And Layla was saying both the names, trying to get him to, to wake up. That'd be an interesting start. That would be a very episode four start of them. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and let us roll us into this last uh, topic, the outcast defiance. Cause we're getting right there on the cusp of it, where we're going to talk in this section about Steven and Conchu reversing the sky um, and watch the old star alignment with the results of Conchu being turned into stone. And, and discuss this final conversation, but I'm going to start here. I know you know where I'm starting. Cause I talked about this before we started recording, moving the stars back like that. I had two notes. A one I didn't mention to you earlier. Uh, it reminded me of book two from avatar, the last airbender when they were in the hidden library in the sand and trying to look for, Oh, now I can't remember the official name, but um, the, the solar eclipse uh, for the attack. But also, if Conchu actually did reverse the stars like that, they would be time traveling. You just it does it doesn't. As I understand it, it doesn't work that way. Right, it's like 1978 Superman, where he flies really fast, yeah. around Earth to save Lois Lane. Spoiler: If you haven't seen 1978 Superman, to reverse time, yeah. But. There are things that we have to let be. (laughs) (laughs) Because earlier in the episode, the way he forced the eclipse Mm -hmm. would have done some crazy damage on Earth. Just shifting the moon in its orbit. That's fair, yeah. There would have been the most devastating unnatural natural disasters as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the people who live in the Marvel, like the normal civilians living in this universe, at this point in time, you see them all just look up at the sky like, wow. Ah. Well, you kind of have to, right? Yeah, at this point, you just got to accept. It's pure chaos. Right? Like, like I'm imagining somewhere, someone was sitting there and they look up and then they take a sip of their water or their Starbucks. <laughs> 
Uh, here we go again. With the conversation. Everybody assume the position. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be something. There's gonna Talk be something happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, a light show. Well, this can't be good. <laughs> but you're right. By this point, you shouldn't be surprised if you're just an average civilian. Right. And so, if you're someone with a physics background, if you're criticizing the physics of anything that's happened. You're, you haven't made it this far. <laughs> I'm not talking episode three of this show. I'm saying you would have been out long ago with any superhero content. You would still be upset about a truck being caught by Sam and a jetpack. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't happen. So... In order to suspend disbelief and enjoy shows, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. Unless he is legitimately just putting on a light show to show them what the lights look like. He Mm -hmm. is not moving stars and galaxies. Right. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, that goes hand in hand with a lot of things. Well, the, the closest I've ever seen anything like that in real life was a planetarium. Yeah. And we're sitting in the planetarium and it's beautiful. Yeah. But it's, it also kind of, it goes back to uh, like, if you're a psychologist and you're watching this show, I, I doubt you're over critical of their portrayal of dissociative identity disorder Mm -hmm. or else you, you can't enjoy the, the fiction and the story. Right. Like I imagine an Egyptologist just watching the show and taking notes and they're like, that's not actually what they called him that I'm, I'm sure they have consultants in the show, but I mean, you right. go even back to Loki and you talk about time travel. Uh, it's, uh, you guys had a whole episode about it, but they're the, the conference that Kevin Feige had last summer to determine the rules of time travel within this MCU. Mm-hmm. Is not going to be perfect, but they don't have to be that detailed about the how in order to sell it. I don't have to explain the science behind an infinity stone for everyone to just be like, oh, no, that's that's very powerful. That's a powerful thing that they need to they need to get, because if you're if we're going into quantum theory and they've opened the multiverse. I don't think most people grasp what infinite means. No, like there probably are, not. There are infinite Judes. Sure. Mm-hmm. So everyone hears that and is like, oh, so there's like a lot of them. Like there's a Jude that doesn't have a beard somewhere. No, there's infinite. So in Schrodinger's cat, it's there's the cat is dead and alive. Both states are true. It's it's, but if you go into the principles of superposition, now you've lost the audience, and so you can just watch Jude as all the listeners just turned off the podcast because I just went a little too far. But no, not at all. What I do find funny, if, if Trey was critical, here, if you're overcritical of the science, then you watch Loki and you say, "Man, the TVA is wildly understaffed." Very true. 
in order to patrol every timeline <laughs> and to have one perfect pure timeline, you're going to need a lot more people than I saw in that office. Well, that's why it's a bureaucracy, right? Sure. Your paperwork and your process. So I, I can live with this light show. I, it was an enjoyable display of teamwork. I think the biggest thing to focus on for me would be the, the character development, because this is where Steven and Mark have been fighting each other. No, give me the body. I'm the muscle. No, give me the body. I know about Egypt and I can read this, this message. And now they're like, okay, we need to work together. So this is the back to the duo thing I started with. You have the the dysfunctional team that's finally realizing, oh wait, we can't do this without each other. Mm-hmm. Two things: a, you brought up Schrodinger's cat, yeah. And if Trey was here, and he's the intro master, and I wasn't gonna even try, um, he was actually gonna refer to you as Schrodinger's guest. For- <laughs> that's kind of dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, with just the, the times of like, we got to get TJ on, we got to get TG on. And, we, and then with the multiverse one, it was like having you as a guest as much as we brought you up, but you weren't actually the guest here. So I just turn off my camera and you'd have to guess if I was alive or dead. Yeah. That's, that's just how it'd be. Right? I'm both guys. I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, and I'm glad you, you brought that back. Cause I do like the, the. There is, and I don't want to say it's cliche, but this idea of teamwork of being able to, you know, work together, but there's an element where I found interesting was Conchu line was basically, a, it, was, it had something to do with like a fear or Mark being afraid that if he gave power to Steven, Steven wouldn't relinquish that. Whereas... I don't think that that's what Mark was afraid of. I think Mark was the the person who doesn't want to ask for help. Right. Like I'm Machismo. the one that can do I'm it. the muscle. I'm strong enough. Yeah, I'm the one that can do it. I'm the one that's in control. You stay there and tell me what to do with the Egyptian stars or or same thing here. And I want to hear the conversation Stephen had with the guys on the roof. Yes in order to get them to stop trying to stab him and immediately went to get in a taxi to the airport so he could go do inventory again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And it's interesting there, the, that whole, did, do you, did Steven start to accept violence when necessary? Cause, cause in the beginning you see the reflection, he's like, no, don't stop. You know, and you can see him kind of get into Mark's head. But then later, when he took over, and we get Mister Knight, and he's like, "Oh, time out, time out," and you know, and all of that, and then he starts getting stabbed. He's like, "Never mind, take the body back, take the body back, take the," <laughs> you know, which is very, you know, this realization of like, no, 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 I, this is not, um, this is not my role on this team. <laughs> but but it was definitely has to be some sort of acceptance, right? Of like, you know, yeah. what Mark's going to do. Oh, for sure. So he'll start swinging. Yeah, he'll get his own swings in eventually. He well, did in a little bit in episode two. Yeah, he got the he got the good punch against the jackal when necessary. But he's the moral compass of the team. Even over Layla, yeah, I guess so. 
Oh, 100%. Did you see her take the necklace off? That was self-defense. That was... <laughs> the necklace was self-defense. Same thing with the okay. shooting the gun. That was... Okay. That was that was distanced. So that was that was socially distanced self defense. That was an unbelievable level of violence <laughs> for self defense. <laughs> so, oh, now while you're on, I want to, because because you and I talk about this a lot, and the shift of these people just aren't henchmen anymore. Or I've, I've noticed for some reason, I haven't got that feeling like, like in this, ep- this show and in this episode in particular, I've noticed myself on the side of Mark and telling like Steven go away. Like, no, he's got to find out how to get to Amma's dig, dig site. Go away. Like you're interrupting, um, which I found that interesting because other series have been very mindful of like, no, these are people, and what are you? What are you doing? But I, I feel like I've fallen back into the, the old tropes, in this in this show. Oh, for sure, it's, well, I mean, you go all the way back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. They open up throwing a guy out of a helicopter, and we're like, whoa, mm-hmm. man, that was yeah. excessive. Like, are you yeah. serious? Why would that's just a it's a person, right? But when you're punching an invisible demon Egyptian dog, well, that's different. Yeah. Well, no, that's different, but I'm thinking of like the... But this, Stephen was skewered, man. Stephen was skewered. Mr. Knight, he, he, that that is a self-defense move for sure. Yeah. No, but I'm talking at the beginning. Oh, on the roof? Yeah, on the roof. Like, I didn't think like I, I didn't part have of that, kind that of like, trigger of like, Oh wait, you know, what are you going too far? Part of it might be, I think you and Trey both talked about this. This episode one was the, the mystery of the violence. Mm-hmm. They didn't show much violence until this episode. That's true. Is it would just be the the blink of the eye, uh, 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 and then wake up after everything yeah. is over. And so uh, Trey talked about it as like horror movies use it to be like, no, this is way more violent than you realize, and and the and the viewer sees it that way because they don't actually see the the bad stuff happen. Yeah, and plus we get as viewers we get Stephen's reaction to it. Right, and so now what we're we didn't see any violence until now. And what we're seeing is a toned down version of what we were imagining for the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think it's fair, but it just—I just noticed though, except for the, the the point where hanging him over the edge. Mm-hmm. On the rooftop, Mark Mark was not striking to kill. No, you're right. He pulled punches. He did say it was because he it was because he had to talk to them. Yes, but he was holding back. Yes. Up until they got to Anton's and it was just everything broke loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at that point, guns are firing. It, it was very self-defense. It was. It was. Until you dangle the kid over the cliff. We'll see what happens, though. That's a good point. When they <laughs> face Arthur Harrow and his cult followers, mm-hmm. who will do every anything. And, and last week, Trey, I think, said it was. it felt like 
Hydra. It felt like S.H.I.E.L.D. And that, oh man, they could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, Steven obviously doesn't want to do anything like that, but with Mark, that would, that'll be interesting to see when he faces more humans or civilians, well, cause, cause you, or cause I guess you, henchmen, it would be the right word for it. Well, I mean, it, it was great that your comment from the last episode with the Jason Bourne branch Davidians and, and I mean, while that Waco reference was funny, I mean, it, it just was, but like, when you think about cults like that, branch Davidians, um, was it heaven's gate comes to mind some others where it's like, no, they're, they fully bought in. Right. And you're in a position where these are people, you know, but yet because they're fully bought in, they are, you're not going to be able to reason with them. Right. Um, and, and so that it is, I'm really curious. You're right. to see how, Cause you know, that's going to come up and there's going to, and they're setting that up. There's going to be a big conflict between all three of them. Mark Lockley, Jake and Steven. Now here's, here's my question for this last section is Ahmed is trapped, right? Imprisoned. That's the way I take it. Yeah. Is Ahmed in the same situation that Khonshu is at the end of this episode? Trapped in stone. I don't because that's how that's kind of how I interpreted it. I don't know. Part of me wants to say no because the that Kane has some of Ahmed's power. Well, and that's that's where my question was leading. Is if Ahmed is trapped, do we think Arthur Harrow if that's the case and Arthur Harrow doesn't see an invisible being over his shoulder. Right. And doesn't hear that voice. Right. But has found a way to access her power. Mm -hmm. At least some of it. So if that's the case, I, I would see episode four as being Stephen and Mark are obviously going to start with some conflicts. Like you said, probably number three is going to make an appearance or you're, your grain of sand, number four, will. Mm-hmm. But we're in Egypt. There's a lot of grains to work with. Lots of grains. They're going to be kind of continuing this teamwork, kind of like Sam and Bucky did in that show. We got to learn to do this together to find a way to access the power, even though Khonshu is still trapped. Thoughts? I think you're right. I think that that's the way they're going to go. It does make me wonder from what you were saying, is Amit actually on board with what Haro's doing? Because if she's, if, if Amit is completely the, the way, well, two things. If Amit's completely in the position the, that Khonshu is, but yet he has some access to the power, then we'd have to think that A, Mark and Steven could get some access to the power without actually fully releasing Conchu. And I don't think we can assume that Harrow is a follower or, or again, go back to the branch Davidians cult aspect 
of this is like profit, right? I'm this is what's going to happen and what Amit wants once we free Amit, but that doesn't mean he's interpreting it correctly. I I'm intrigued. But I'm trying to picture what that would feel like as an ending. That would be your new free will truck whatever frustration. Mm -hmm. If we get to that point at the very end and Amit is the mysterious bad guy and we get there and it's like, well, actually, no. And then Amit's the one who takes out Arthur Harrow. Yeah, that wouldn't be very satisfying. It would. I don't think so. But I, that could be, hmm. I don't know. I don't want to be too influenced by the other Disney shows either, because now I'm thinking through all the other ways that they set up their finales. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to let that affect how I feel about what, or think will happen in the end of this show. Yeah. Are they trying to set it up for some crazy twist? Because we saw how that happened ended up with, uh, with Falcon, the twist that everyone saw coming a mile away. Yeah. No, I think I honestly think the big reveal is going to be that there's a third personality, and if and and I would love to see a fourth, but I again I'm pushing that to like a like the very end kind of tease to something else. Yeah, I don't think Amit's going to be the twist. No, I looked it up. Amit is the god of divine intervention, so the things Arthur is saying seem to be on par on brand at least. Well. Assuming divine intervention means stepping that's, in ahead of time. That's how I'm reading it. That's, yeah. I'm sorry. Divine retribution. Oh, okay. Yeah. I said it wrong. You know what? And that's a whole, that's a whole other thing that, that we're going to don't have time to talk about that. We really sh- should. What is the retribution? What is justice actually? Well, I think episode four will kind of give us a good idea of that. Yeah. Well, there's a difference between what the world, what the MCU thinks of it as versus what it actually is. And that's what I find fascinating. Oh, sure. Brings us back to the last conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's good though. It's, it's like the other shows did. It's bringing, it's bringing these tough topics. It's kind of like a different way of analyzing tough concepts what is good what is the right way to proceed oh absolutely absolutely well yeah that's going to wrap up our thoughts for moon Knight episode three but first tj any stray thoughts and uh predictions you have for next week yeah i kind of talked about a lot of them throughout but i think predictions for next episode will be how, how can we access Conchu's powers um, and, and still it's kind of like with Sam and Bucky in their show. How do we continue this struggle, but finding ways to make it work. But I, I think my, my stretch of a prediction long-term is, is what I was saying about Layla is I, I think since episode two, it's been setting up some, some big decision, some difficult situation 
And Mark's going to have to be the one who has to make the decision because everyone, we all know what Steven will do. Steven's the voice of reason, I think, but Mm -hmm. I think that conflict that he holds with him, that doubt in himself or, or really just am, am I, am I a good guy in what I, in this role that I'm stuck in? Because, because as I've mentioned before to you guys, it's the one last job trope. But with that, it's the, I, I don't, I don't know if I want this, but if I step away, then it's her. And so I, I don't know if it's going to be, you know what? It's predictions. I'm just going to say it. I think it's going to be a life or death situation for Layla because the way Mark ended up in the position was Conchu saved his life by making him the avatar. So I think mm-hmm. it's going to be this thing of Mark does not want Layla to be stuck like he is, but then he's going to be faced with this tough decision of, oh, well, maybe I have to do this in order to save her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now well, that's now that's recorded, so we can go back and, and see how wrong I am like I am every other time. You know what? I, I, I think you're right. I think you were going to add on, I'm going to add one little wrinkle to that. Uh, I think, well, prediction wise, I think we're going to see another personality next week. I have a feeling like that's going to be the majority of the episode actually, but I think we're also going to see Layla knows more than what we realize. Okay. And that to go with what you were saying, Khonshu was going to take Layla as an avatar originally. And then to save Mark. He was the reason. Huh. Yeah. Layla had Conchu take Mark. Okay. I think both could be cool. And so, so I'm going to, I'm going to take years with that little wrinkle there. And that's the, like, that's who Conchu originally wanted anyways. That'd be interesting. Um, and then the what I said, or what if, what if she becomes an avatar of one of the other gods? Hmm. Because we know Moon Knight's not going away after this show. It shouldn't. Right. He's not giving up the mantle. So I guess it would become a question that maybe the next two episodes will answer. Is it something where they'll be able to access the powers without Khonshu? Mm -hmm. And if so, that that would change. That, That would be different. That would change a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But does Hathor step in to save her? And then she becomes an avatar for Hathor, the love interest of Kanshu. That would make sense. I'm all over the place. I have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen, and I can't wait anyway. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, with my stray thought, what I can somewhat predict and feel confident that it's going to happen, uh, Ken from work. Oh, work it, Ken. Work Ken. Um, I only know one Ken. I don't know why. Anyways, your friend TJ and work TJ and physicist TJ and Ken, you're Doc. a friend of the show. Don't let Jude tell you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but yesterday, as soon as it had to have been as soon as he was done, because it was like a text at like 830 in the morning. And, and then he sent me screenshots 
he noticed at the end credits, not the, like the animated credits, the moon that they show at the beginning has slowly be- have been becoming full. Oh. And so if it keeps track at the end of next week with, no, actually with this, with six episodes, the end of this week, you had like half moon. Hmm. And by the end of the, the end credits, by the end of the show, we should see a full moon. I like that. That my stray thought actually, I didn't, I forgot about this, but I did pay attention to the end credits because I knew I was going to be on the podcast. The, the shots of the asylum or what looks to be a, a hallway of an asylum make me wonder if when we finally do get the backstory on Mark slash Steven slash Jake, if that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there was, I've seen in the trailer, there's a shot that we haven't seen yet. Okay. Where it looked like he was in a white coat. Okay. Episode four. Um, everyone thought we were getting Mark's backstory this week. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe that's, is it Mark's backstory? Or is it Steven's backstory? Who knows? Or is it their backstory? Is there a main identity and dissociative identity disorder? That I'm not a hundred percent sure. And only from the standpoint of a, I don't honestly know, but B, I would imagine that each one would claim main identity. Right. Cause like, if I don't know that I have other identities, I'm clearly claiming main identity right now. Well, I think it, it's a, it's, it's a condition that develops after something. Some kind of trauma, right? So one of these personalities, one of these identities has to be the, had a childhood, right. Had the childhood original. Yeah. So could be Steven because he's the one who's trying to call his mom, but maybe some of his memory gaps were when he lost his mom and he, he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Here's a stray thought for you. This will be my last one <laughs> is the gold painted street performer, the watcher. I hope so. I know you want him to come back and now they're in Cairo. So he's not going to be just sitting on the street in Cairo. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it feels like, it feels like there has to be more than that. That's just who he talks to. Yeah. You know, and being the watcher would be a fun way to go. I don't think he was just there to be there. That's never true in any of these shows. Right. But I think it was a, let's get a little insight on who Steven is. Oh, he's the type of person who goes and talks to someone who never talks back to him. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be a throwaway character. No. But if he's the watcher. Hmm? And he's aware. Maybe that's the original identity. The watcher. well tj thank you so much (laughs) for joining us um because i know along with you know your vast knowledge of physics and you're taking sand and building glass out of it um you know because that's that's possible right like that's 
Oh, That's yeah. something you do. Yeah. Um, no, I don't do it, but it can be done. It can be done. <laughs> uh, but clearly, from the very beginning, you've been right there with us, helping us to build our sandcastles. And it's been so much fun uh, getting to talk to you about these things. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Uh, and for our listeners who don't know, um, first, if you've seen on our social medias, the Time Beavers uh, art piece and the Loki art piece with Mobius and Loki on a jet ski going away from Pompeii. This is the great work of TJ. Uh, if you want to see more of his work, go into shopdogwoodworking.com. Is that correct? And it is Instagram is at TJ Build Stuff, correct? Or is TJ I, underscore Build Stuff. Yes, at TJ underscore Build Stuff um, with. I can't remember. We had a lot of Dad DeLorean. Season oh, three yeah. Dad DeLorean's of, coming. It's a lot of nonsense. I have too many hobbies. Oh. And now I add podcasting to one of them. <laughs> hey, you know, it. it's it's okay. Hobbies hobbies are why we do things, right? You know, Absolutely. We, we, we go to jobs so we can do our hobbies. That's... You know, I mean, that's what I, that's what I tell my guys now. They're like, what do you want, you know, when the whole, what do you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I was like, don't tell me your jobs. It's like, you're, you will gladly do whatever job that'll pay you money to get to do the real things you want to do. Right. And build stuff. What are those? Document it on TikTok and Instagram. That's right. Cause why not? Yeah. Put, put hundreds of hours of short three second bursts and hour long audio clips on the internet for posterity. That's why we do it. That's exactly why we do it. We do it for the listeners, Jude. That's right. They love it. Yeah. As a former listener and now current co-host of the MCU need to know podcast, Trey. <laughs> hey, you know, no, I'm just kidding. For all I'm we know, that. this is just another, that guy, but as a former listener, now occasional guest, Big fan of the show. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. Thanks for coming back. I really appreciate it. Uh, and again, please check out, you know, shop dog woodworking and TJ underscore at TJ underscore build stuff on Instagram. And I believe it's the same thing on uh, TikTok. Uh, and of course you can follow us on social media at, at MC. You need to know uh, both on Instagram and Twitter, or you can scroll down to the bottom and click on our discord link in the show notes. And join us there to talk about a wide range of things. Ratings and reviews are always helpful for us uh, to continue to grow and build the audience. Finally, we'd like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of his music, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. And of course, you can find all of his work on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. Well, I think that'll do it. Thank you so much for joining us, TJ. Thank you. Can't wait to have you back. Absolutely. And we'll see you all with Trey next week. So here's the thing. Do you want to um, just play it actually as your co-host? And I'll say I'm Jude and you can say I'm TJ. It's, it's your show, buddy. However you want to do it for consistency across however many episodes you guys have done. Well, we've done it. We've done it both ways. Okay. So we've done that where like when Yebo was on last week, Trey just did her, her, his intro 
and welcomed Yebba Deva to the podcast. Yeah, but then, then when Tara's was, on or someone else, it's like, yeah, when Tara was on taking my, those place, are, I'd consider those to be podcast veterans. I will um, be a, so if you want to say I'm TJ, you know, that's, that's up to you. I can okay, do cool. it. So I'll I'm say, I'll say, I'll say I'm Jude. And then, and then, you know, um, mentioned that Trey quit the podcast and that we got TJ to fill in. Yep. All right, here we go. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic, bleh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. No, I'm not. Dear Lord. <laughs> <sighs> Oh man! Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. you were pranking me. I was no. like, "Who? Am I? Wait okay. a second. Who am well, I?" Well, you with? know, you don't sound like him. <laughs> that's the secret. You know, you have Mark and Steven. I'm oh, both. No. I'm Trey the, and Jude. That's why remove, that's... remove all mirrors from the room. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me try the outro one more time. 